Hello, and welcome to Conversational Leadership with Jay Mann. I'm your host, Jay Mann, Superintendent of the Creighton School District. And today I have an extra special guest with me, Sophia Carrillo-Dahl, who is our Governing Board President. And she's with me here today to talk a little bit about school outcomes-focused governance work, a new endeavor that the board is taking on in partnership with district leadership. And uh, we thought she was the best person to share this out with you. But before we dive into that work, some of you may not be familiar with Sophia. So we're going to take a couple of minutes to get to know her. So welcome, Sophia. Thank you so much for having me. Like you said, my name is Sophia Carrillo. I am the president right now of the Crane School District. I've been on the board for three years now. Um, I finished a second year term. I was finishing somebody else's second year and I got reelected just this January to four more years. So I got a couple more years left in me. Um, I started off this school board endeavor as a parent. I was actually a parent who kids went to the school district. One of them is out already and is in high school. And the way that I started was in the PTO. So I started getting involved. You know, I wanted to be involved. My parents um, were not involved in my education. I kind of grew up with the typical working class, you know, first generation. I'm a first generation. So they were busy, you know, trying to figure it out in a country that wasn't theirs. So I didn't really get that interaction, that kind of um help versus you have to go to school and this is what you got to do and just finish it with no other guidelines, no support. I didn't know how to fill a FAFSA form. I didn't know how to apply for college. I had to learn that on my own, right? So when I became a parent, I was like, no, I'm going to be an involved parent and I'm going to, I know the language. I know this country. I've been here since fourth grade, so I'm going to be better at that. So I did. I started going to PTO meetings and it was really cool. I was active for like two to three years. And in those two, three years, not once did I meet a governing board member. Not once did I really understand how policy worked. Um, I didn't understand that the governing board, you know, went over the budgets, that they did curriculum. So there was just a lot of things that I was like, hold on a second. I'm super involved and I don't know what's going on literally with what's going on with my children's education or who's handling it or why they're doing what they're doing. So I kind of decided to run on that. I I ran and that's how I got involved and started coming to board meetings a year before I decided to run just to see what was going on, um, what things were working, weren't. And I got, I went out for the appointment. I did not get the appointment, you know, so it's funny to hear these stories sometimes of people like, oh, I wanted to do something and I got all these doors turned, you know, closed in my face. I didn't get the appointment, but I decided to still run for that seat in the election and I ended up winning it. And one of the biggest things was, you know, that, that how do we get this information more to parents? Uh, The more parents are involved, the more we know that kids have better outcomes. And I always thought about this whole outcomes you know, think, how are we, what are we doing to provide the best outcomes for these children? What are we doing? And that kind of leads into now to this SOFG work that I've been doing, you know, ever since I got on, I've been taking a lot of other leadership roles outside of the school board, you know, kind of with the state board, um, the school board association. And when we go on these conferences, you get to meet other people, mm-hmm. you get to learn from other districts what's working and what's not working for them. And that's how I got introduced actually to the SOFG work. I know sometimes a lot of people in certain communities complain about, oh, you know, our taxpaying dollars are going to these trips for these board members. But technically, a lot of what we learn, what we do is built off the networking and relationships we do with other school districts in other states. And 
like I was saying, this is how kind of that SOFG work got introduced to me personally was when I was at a National School Board Association conference and I met some board members from Texas that are part of the Mexican, um, of course I would be involved, you know, want to know about that, the Mexican right. School Board Association in Texas and Dr. Ramos, which is one of the coaches that's helping us at the district, was the president at that time and was doing some stuff with the Hispanic caucus at the National School Board Association. And that's how I started realizing, you know, like there, there is a way that we can make this better for our students. It's just really focusing on that area and work. So that's kind of how I got involved. Um, I also have been an activist for like 15 years. I started off in the uh, the Osarpayo campaign, which is something totally separate, but it's when SB 1070 first hit here in the state of Arizona when the law was passed, and it directly impacted my my family. Right. So I got involved, and I think that's where I got a little bit of all this, you know, being in the community, being a voice and advocate, you know, and and learning just to see how we can put all those things together to make sure that we're changing policy and we're serving students the best way that we know we can within these institutions. So it feels like your advocacy work was sort of a natural dovetail into student outcomes focused governance because the student outcomes focused governance work is really all about how do we ensure that we're making a difference for the students in our community. So could you tell us a little bit more about the specifics of, you know, what does this framework look like um, that we'll be using? And, you know, if I'm just a person who's never heard of student outcomes focused governance before, what would be like a quick definition that I could understand to, to know a little bit more about what it looks like? The way that I look student outcomes-focused governance work from what we're doing right now is that we all historically know that boards have certain goals and they have certain visions and missions for their district, right? A lot of the times these goals are created off of non-measurable outcomes, kind of like, for example, and we're going to use our district as an example, one of our goals is, you know, equity, inclusion, and how we make sure that every child feels welcome, same, that they all learn the same way. Well, that's a cool little logo or slogan to say, but how are we actually dialing that or following that with actual data? So what I like about the student outcomes focused governance work in just that one piece, there's a lot more great things about it, but is that now we can set up our goals to actually have accountable data. Also, um, you know, as school board members, we have one one of our major responsibilities is holding our superintendent, firing and hiring the superintendent, as you right. may know. Yep, I do know And that. how are we, you know, making sure not only that we're not setting up you for failure without clear direction from the board, that way you're not sitting here thinking, you know, well, what do they really want? But also, how are we grading basically you to keep up with those goals. So that's one of the things that I love about this framework, that we're going to have actual, clear, concise goals when we go back out and look at the data. And what I love about this framework too is that focuses a lot on that community voice. Mm -hmm. So it's not just the academic, it's not just like, well, what can this child produce um, in data wise, but it's also no, what is working for this community specifically to make sure that those outcomes measure what unfortunately the state holds us to that standard. And that's where this framework comes from. That's where this um, guardrails, you know, there's going to be a lot of language change and our guardrails is what's important to the community and how we hold 
the community's voice important when it comes to, let's say, you know, the social justice advocacy work that we're doing or the social emotional learning that we're doing and how we tie that in with actual goals that will give us certain percentages of we're still doing this, but we're making sure that kids are learning or being at proficiency level. So it gives us more like a concise, more structured plan versus us saying, well, this is what we want. We want here. We want there. And I feel like right now we're just all over the place and we needed a little bit more structuring. That makes sense. So, so I think it sounds like it does two things. It narrows focus, right? And creates clarity. Right. Um, but then even beyond that, there's really, as you described it, two elements. There's, we're going to set very specific goals. And so everybody knows what the goals are. We're all, you know, basically knowing what everybody's moving towards. We're all moving towards the same end point. But then in addition to that, there's these guardrails to keep that singular focus on those goals from drifting us away from some of the commitments we have to our community for what we value. So that, I mean, I beautifully summarized, I think that was a great way to really, you know, sort of describe the essence of what the student outcomes focused governance is. Um, but I know that in the work um, with the board and the leadership team, mm-hmm. there were kind of two ways that the the training that we went through was kind of divided into two pieces. Mm-hmm. And it was the mindset work and then sort of the knowledge work. Mm-hmm. So let, let's start by talking a little bit about that mindset work, like your perspective on that and why that's valuable and important. To me, the mindset work is one of the most important things that anybody in any job should be doing, especially when, for me, like I take this job very seriously, even though I don't get paid for this, I am elected to my community. And when people come and ask me how many kids you have, I say, oh, about (laughs) 4,500. I take that very personal because I went out there and knocked on these doors and told them, I'm going to treat your kid and I'm going to make these policy changes at a district level in the best interest of the community and the kids, right? right. So that mindset, uh, mindset mindset piece of work is imperative because it does a lot of self-reflecting. And I think a lot of the times as boards, we get caught up in this, well, that's the way I wanted thing, things done. And I got elected so clearly I know the best answer. And that's not the way that it works, right? Sometimes we have to work within ourselves and realize that sometimes our actions are the same barriers of why these kids are not learning right. because... We at the end of the day, we're the ones making those decisions and we have five people on this board and everything that trickles down from that is ultimately the responsibility of those five board members because we set the tone, we set the expectations. It's kind of your job as a superintendent to say, this is what the board said. This is the goal that they wanted. Let me see how I can figure it out now. So that mindset piece is something that I think in the last three years we've never really had. Mm -hmm. And it really does more of a versus what's their fault or it's they... This didn't happen because, you know, my superintendent did his job or because right. this principal didn't do this or the administrator. It sets more of a like, no, what did I do as a person, as a board member to interfere with that growth? Yeah. So that's what I loved about it. And I think once everybody starts taking accountability for their own actions is when the real work can come because now you're holding yourself accountable the same way you would hold the other person accountable to do the work. Right. And there's a slogan that comes from that that I really love. Um, it came from 
I hope I don't get his name wrong, A.J. Crable, mm-hmm. did I get that right? Correct. Um, he wrote, I think he wrote a book called Great on Their Behalf, did mm-hmm. I get that? Um, but there's, there's the saying he has, which really ties back to that mindset work. Would you mind sharing that saying? Yeah, it just basically says that student outcomes don't change until adult behaviors change. Yeah. And it's so true, you know, it goes back kind of, I'm a social worker by default, like that's my mm-hmm. work, that's what I've always done. And one of the things that we always talk about is that people are habits or they will in return act depending on their environment, right? right? And if you're putting these students in an environment where we as adults can't even handle our own behaviors on how we act with these kids or the expectations we have, mm-hmm. then how do you expect them to ever get the grasp of that they can learn more yeah. or do something if we're not doing that work ourselves as adults? Yeah. So kids are always just learning from us, and that's a great thing. Like Their outcomes are not going to change until we start changing our behaviors. Yeah. And one of the hardest things for me to learn in this mindset work was one of those pretending faces when Mm -hmm. people talk about how people will like to run for school boards on pretending faces like, oh, well, my kid loves art and I don't think the art is good enough in this district. So I'm going to run because I want to make the art curriculum better for the district because now you have a vested interest because of your child. But Mm -hmm. is that in return really what's good for everybody or the community as a whole? So that mindset piece is just great. I loved it. I think it's something that everybody should be doing because it only will lead to better collaborative work. That's wonderful. And so then from the mindset piece, we shifted to the knowledge piece. Mm-hmm. And um, in, in the knowledge work, really what, what we were looking at was, well, how do you set goals and how do you create guardrails, right? Correct. So share a little bit with us about some of the elements of setting effective goals. I know the, the board has an upcoming study session to start on that work. So, you know, what is a student outcomes focused governance, student outcome focused governance goal? Putting those two G's together is hard. What does that actually look like when the board works to put a goal together? Yeah, so we actually want to create goals that are attainable and measurable. So one of the things that we do is we look at disaggregated data, right? Mm -hmm. And we have to look at the data, look at where we are right now, what has been happening pre-pandemic, what were those... Um, trajectories or those scores and the way that that works is that now we're going to take all that information in collaboration is the key word, right? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times we like to say, no, as a board, this is what I want. I want our kids, more than 60% of our kids to be reading. Right. Okay, cool. But you're at 18% right now. So you want this whole school system to shift to more than a 50% in this time period. It doesn't work that way. We can't have right. false expectations. So collaboratively working with our administrators administrators and superintendents and making sure that, you know, whatever phase we want or whatever increase we want to see, it's actually working. And now sometimes that may have to mean that certain things have to be moved, Mm -hmm. budget may have to be reallocated to fully go into the purpose of making sure that goal is attained. Yeah, that's... Very well stated. And I think um, the only thing I would add to that is I know those goals also end up becoming SMART goals, right? Correct. So they're, and I always butcher the SMART acronym, and I know there's a couple of versions. But yeah, I can't remember. Fundamentally, it's like specific, measurable. Oh, man, I knew I would draw a blank on a specific, measurable, A, um, <laughs> yes. realistic. Atta- that's right. Specific, measurable, attainable realistic and time bound. Yes. So I know a lot of what we talked about with the training was, you know, what is that time frame that we're setting this goal for? And like you described, we're setting a goal. Is that really 
possible to do within that time frame, right? right? So we don't set ourselves up for failure. And I think one of the awesome things is that maybe a lot of people don't know in the community or teachers is that we've already been kind of in this space with the strategic plan that we've been doing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of community voice has been going around. So the way I'm personally looking at it is like if we're doing a three-year plan, then that aligns with it. So yes, this SOFG work is a little bit new to the district, but I feel like bits and pieces we have been kind of doing already. And this is just aligning everything perfectly with that. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, that's the beauty of doing this work now is with that groundwork laid, it'll allow us to be more effective and efficient in moving into this work, which will help us hit the ground running. And hopefully that'll allow us to get results more quickly, which is awesome. So, so that's sort of the process around the goals. And then we have the guardrails. I know we really didn't get too deep into guardrails, but um, anything else you'd like to share about you know, how guardrails work. Yeah. And basically guardrails is what's important to the community. You know, different schools will have different things that work for them and don't work for them for us. You know, outdoor learning and gardening is a huge thing for our district. And it's that doesn't just come from, you know, a few board members saying we want gardens. It literally is an adaptable community thing. So that could look like a guardrail. Mm -hmm. I'm just using examples right now because I don't know it would take the whole board to talk, but that could potentially turn into guardrails. So guardrails are what's important to the community, what has been working like this um, youth stewardship program that we've right. been doing, the YES program for our students that's huge in our you know, social justice work. Mm -hmm. And that's something important for us in the community. So that may look like a guardrail. So that's what guardrails are. It's kind of things that will help us get I look at I like guardrails to look at them as like root causes right. on how we're actively working on those root causes to give us that goal of whatever increase we do, we think is attainable. That makes sense. So they're really not two opposed things. It's Correct. just they have a relationship to each other because the goals are really the, the outcomes we're focused on, but then the guardrail are not only things we don't want to lose along the way, but they're things that we know have a direct impact on whether we're going to achieve those goals. Or Correct. Not. Yeah. So they go in hand in hand and they work very well, but I, this is why I'm so excited because I feel like this is what we needed. We need direction. And right now with the kind of leadership that we have at the state level, it's a time for us to say, no, we can still do all these things and our kids are right. still doing what they need to do. Yeah, sounds good. Anything else kind of wrapping up that you'd like to share about student outcomes focused governance? No, that I'm just really excited. I'm just really um, hopeful for the collaboration that's going to happen. And for those that are listening, um, I know eventually we're going to have some community council meetings. It's very important for, I, I think this brings also a new sense of empowerment. I think us setting this foundation for our community and our parents too, and for our parents to know what's expected of us as a governing board to them kind of gives them an empowerment voice too. Like now I know how to hold you as my board president or you as my governing board member as um, hold you accountable to your seat because now you're coming and telling me these are the board goals. Right. This is what we're going to work on and these are our guardrails with your guys' input and now we have a set standard of like how everybody is expected out of the district. Now we all know 
what's going on versus this is what's happening behind closed doors and only, you know, a certain set of curriculum admin know Mm -hmm. and none of us know. Yeah, no, it's amazing because everyone from our staff to our teachers to our community, it's all transparent and open. And like you started with, you know, in this section, um, and we're also hoping that everyone will come and join us and help us do this work together and have input into what those goals are and what those guardrails are. So thank you very much, Sophia. This has been a wonderful conversation. Hopefully folks know a little bit more about what student outcomes focused governance is now and uh, got a chance to know you a little bit better as well. So Yeah, thank you so much for the time. And if anybody has questions, they know where board meetings are. I have an email. They can always feel free to reach out. I'm always open to having those communications. Wonderful. Thanks so much. Thank you.